Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast, it's an also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic, you can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com, or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. You are listening to Movie Sucktastic. Fantastic. That's right. Oscar edition. The Oscar edition. Yeah, it's that and time of year again. What? It's that time of year again. Yep. So we are here to uh, review all of the Oscar films that are for Best Picture before the Oscars in one month. And the first film we're reviewing this cavalcade of reviews is Once, Once Upon, Upon a, a time, time in dot 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 Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. Um, Quentin Tarantino film um, came out over the summer, uh, back in July, and I, I got to mm-hmm. be honest, when it came out, I did not get to see it in the theater, and I, I was disappointed that I didn't, because same here. The this you know summer is always it's oversaturated with comic book films now, and um, it just, you know kids films and. By the time you hit July, and this was towards the end of July, it's like I, I was like really done with all that stuff, and I was like, you know, there hasn't been a real adult film. It, it felt like in forever. And when yeah, I agree. When Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out, it really uh, filled that void uh, for a lot of people. I didn't get to go see it. I was real disappointed, but it really filled the void for lack of adult entertainment. And I think that's why it did so well at the box office. I want to say it made close to $200 million domestically alone. I'm going to look it up now. It, it was a successful release. Yes, it was. That. It had a really good, strong opening weekend. Um, 
Let's see. Now, it's been described by Tarantino as his most personal film today, and it, obviously it's about Hollywood and actors and all that filmmaking right. stuff that Tarantino's been so obsessed with his entire life. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it made $41 million its opening weekend, which for an R-rated Tarantino film is pretty amazing. Uh, and yeah, the fact good. that it's it's also two hours and 41 minutes, which obviously limits the amount of times it can be shown in a day, uh, even if it is on multiple screens. Um, domestic mm -hmm. gross was $141 million domestically. And foreign... It's foreign gross. You know, I really fucking can't stand Box Office Mojo's new site, which it's now owned by IMDb, so I guess that's why. Oh, they fucked it. Yeah, because it, it just, I, I don't, I just don't like the way, I don't like the layout, I don't like how everything, I liked, I really did like it. The, I liked it the way it used to be. Hey, get off my lawn. Um, it made $372 million worldwide. For a film with a ninety million dollar budget, it's pretty pretty fucking good. Which, by the way, yeah. uh, Tarantino doesn't normally make movies that cost uh, that much. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he's usually his films are like fifty, sixty, seventy million. I don't know if this is the most money he's ever spent, but it feels like it. I mean, I think he did Kill Bill. Well, it's Bill a period for, film. It so is. That's going to add a bit to the budget. I think when he did Kill Bill, I think he spent forty million, or maybe fifty. And he made two movies. Mm -hmm. He made a four-hour movie, but he cut them in half. So, uh, but I mean, he was forced to cut it in half. Um, he didn't want to do that. And everyone is still waiting for the Kill Bill whole bloody affair, a cut of the film. But you know, I, I and here's the thing: you can watch a fan edit of Kill Bill: The Whole Bloody Affair. And I'm sure it's exactly what Tarantino would have put together because it's just his the way he does the chapters and all that. It just makes the yeah. most sense that they would have put it together that way. So, but anywho, um, now I did finally see this recently, the last mm -hmm. three or four, three weeks I think I saw it, and uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Now yes. there, there's a lot of people that have talked about how it is an ode to Hollywood and that it is like a love letter to Hollywood and that before the climax of the film even happens, it just, it's kind of long and drawn out. But like, like many things that Tarantino does, this film contains quite a few layers that you got to peel through to get to that core and that ultimate climax at the end of the film, which is awesome and i think what people need to do is watch it a second time anyone that really complains about what they've seen they just need to watch it again i've got a couple interesting things to point out in the film okay but i can do that near the end after we go over to basics okay so the film starts out with leonardo caprio's character uh his his character name in the film is uh, Rick, Rick Dalton, and uh, Brad Pitt is his stunt, uh, stunt guy that does all the stunts for him, uh, Cliff Booth, mm -hmm. and what where we are at the beginning of the film is the the beginnings, the beginning decline of Leonardo DiCaprio's star power uh, in Hollywood. 
He's uh, started to do more and more films where he's playing um, the the heavy, as uh, he calls himself later TV in the shows. film. TV shows. He's not starring in films anymore. He's doing more shows. And he his star power is waning. And uh, he has a meeting with Al Pacino, who basically tells him that and wants him to star in a bunch of spaghetti westerns. Italian films, as he calls them. And mm-hmm. he comes to the realization that his star power probably is waning. And uh, Cliff Booth, played by uh, Brad Pitt, hasn't really done stunt work in a long, long time because apparently he can be a bit of a fucking problem. <laughs> so, and of course, he's babysitting Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Rick Dalton, because he's basically an alcoholic, uh, a functioning alcoholic. And um, he, of, of course, loves the spotlight so much that he gets himself into trouble every now and again. So he lost his license, he can't drive around, Brad Pitt is doing all that for him. Uh, and of course, they're close friends as well, which uh, as the film progresses, you you realize more and more. Um, and that's where they start us off in the movie. Uh, Leonardo mm-hmm. DiCaprio's waning star power, he's kind of becoming a has-been. Yeah, so, so the whole film basically uh, is a, a long introduction to these two characters and to... Uh, Jessica, Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate. Yeah, Sharon Tate. uh, Played by Margot Robbie. uh, And Roman Polanski. Right. And these are these are their neighbors. Yeah, that that is Rick Dalton's neighbors. Uh, He knows that it. um, uh, Roman Polanski is his neighbor, and uh, and and as he says in the film that uh, Rosemary's Baby, uh, one of the hottest films I think they mentioned of the year before, which. We've reviewed that movie on this show, and uh, I just, I don't see it. Never have, and I never will. Um, But but still, in that time period, Roman Polanski was one of the hottest, if not the hottest director, at least in that short time frame. That was before he was raping uh, kids. Um, Right, and and this, of course, is the whole, the big thing about this movie is this takes place six months before, and then the night of the Manson murders. The, the correct. That is correct. Um, right. And and Tarantino so is... has a very ingenious take on how uh, that whole climax happens. Um, not to, We're not going to give that away uh, during well, this not review. Not too much away, but... Right. But all I can say is if you've seen Inglorious Bastards, you've seen what, what he's how he's done it and why and well, how he moves I'm the story. I'm going to partially ruin it, Joey. You are. Okay. Yeah, well, just because I don't want to, I don't want to dance around the concept that we're talking about here, which is revisionist history. Okay. Okay. All right. So I, I, I love, I absolutely love this new genre, if it's new, of revisionist history. Yeah, I, you know what, I enjoy it. I really do. Especially I mean, normally, when the especially when the outcome normally typically yeah when you get that kind of thing it's in the future it's like oh so uh, yeah after Reagan's third term now Watchmen was an alternate history yes it was but it was, we didn't even re- realize that because we've lived with that for thirty years yeah, so it didn't occur true. you know that I just kind of overlooked that but this the whole revisionist past history I love it as a genre I think they should do much more of it if Tarantino wasn't like quote unquote retiring now. He'd have to do a third revisionist one so he could have a trilogy. 
Uh, this is true. Yeah, this is very, very true. He's got two of them. So, And I'd love to see a, th a third. Now, you know? I guess we could talk about that very briefly and then head right back into Once Upon a Time. Uh, he says he's making ten films and then he's retiring. Now, he says he's mm -hmm. not retiring from writing. He will write screenplays and then they can be adapted into films uh, based on his screenplays, which I don't know. I don't know if Tarantino would be... I mean, he was—he did that in the beginning of his career. He was writing things like Natural Born Killers, and he was writing things like, um, oh, uh, well, fuck, um, why can't I fucking think? True of Romance. It? True Romance. Thank you, Jesus Christ. He was doing things like that at the beginning of his career. I don't know. I just don't see him going back to that. The, you know, the the only reason I see a difference is that back then he was trying to make a name for himself and right. become. A filmmaker and so uh, i think he resented whenever he wrote something and they and they were people other people were making a career off of his writing right and i think that's i think that's one of the reasons why he uh had his name removed from stuff like that uh he didn't want to be associated with anybody else except himself now that he's made mm -hmm. his career and he makes his magic 10 and like here's my here's my oeuvre I think like the pressure's off and now he won't mind writing screenplays he might even write them and like have be uncredited you know, just just to do it. Maybe. Fun. I mean, maybe. I mean, as far as like his uh, his resume of film, this is his ninth film. He says he's stopping after the tenth, and mm -hmm. it's it on IMDb. It says Kill Bill Three is announced. Now, I don't. I can't imagine that that would be his tenth and final film. I can see one of two things. One, he's not going to stop after ten. He might take a long hiatus. You know, maybe he'll take a break for two, three, five years, however long he feels like he wants to do that, and then comes back with the 11th film by Quentin Tarantino, you know, after he makes that 10th film. Um, I can see that happening. I just don't see him never directing a movie again. After Maybe his I just, health's not that good. He look, He's fine. <laughs> he didn't look that good in Django. Uh, no. But uh, I saw pictures of him recently. He's uh, he looks very trim. All so right. he looks I wasn't like saying tr tr trim doesn't mean healthy. It looks like listen doesn't mean that he's not healthy. It just means it looks like he's but only he's, fat people aren't healthy. Stop! Oh my god! It looks like he's slimmed down and he's taking care of himself. Jesus fucking Christ! Anyway, anyway, so, uh, so a lot of the film has Tarantino's signature cinematography and there's a lot of devotion played to cars and driving in california which is a big deal out there yeah and yeah. uh plenty of feet yeah well that's a that's a tarantino standard oh, oh man after now, the fourth time i'm like oh quentin <laughs> please what's man. her name is it and uh, dirty feet yes he must. He must. They were all even Sharon Tate's feet. Ew. <laughs> Dirty feet. Ew. What was that about? I hey, this it's his thing. Yeah. Maybe if he made a like film, did they that, find him in his closet? <laughs> maybe if he made a film where he didn't have so many feet, maybe he'd finally win Best Picture. Maybe it's like uh, they look at it and go, "I just can't I take this seriously. I can't vote for it." <laughs> now the weird thing Although, is also um wait not only did he have 
lots of female feet in the bare feet in the film. The weird thing I, th- I thought was there was a I don't know if you called it obsession or a focus, but we saw three instances of women, two instances specifically of women snoring while sleeping. Yeah. Yes, we did. Sharon Tate being one of them. And thank you. Um, you noticed that too. I did. And I was wondering what the hell was see, and when I was watching it, I was thinking I was I was thinking, is he showing that like this beautiful woman that is looked at so beautifully by everyone that this is almost like the like the the, the only thing that's ugly about her is that she saws wood <laughs> like crazy. I mean, I think it might make her human. I mean, that may be one of the reasons. Could be. But why do it twice? That's the thing that got me. Because I was trying to explain this to somebody else. And I was like, you, you know, you, you got to understand as a writer, and, you know, and Tarantino is definitely a writer, you don't repeat something like that unless there's a reason for it. It'd be like if you had two separate characters in two different parts of the movie, and and both of them, for some reason, like, skipped rope. Yeah. You wouldn't do that because that would draw attention to that, and then there's a reason for that. The only reason you do something that blatant is that you're trying to draw attention to something or you have or there's a hidden meaning to it yeah and and i think you're right the fact that it was done twice if it was done once it probably would have just been looked at as comedic effect but twice mm-hmm. has to mean something don't know what and we it had is three people we had three three scenes with women in bed sleeping right or or sleeping not in bed like once in the plane uh and then we had Bruce Dern sleeping. That's, yes, he did. Yeah, so I think it's the only other people we saw sleeping in the film. Um, I could be wrong. No, I think you're right. I think that's it. So three women and Bruce Dern. <laughs> yeah. He's got yeah. A, he's a, Bruce Dern's his new guy. Got to get him in there. <laughs> Another thing I noticed... And I thought this is... I don't know if this was intentional or not. I don't even know if you noticed this. Okay. What is the one thing... Uh, the, one of the bad films out there is The Hills Have Eyes 2. The the right? remake sequel or the original sequel? The original. The original Hill, Hills, yes. Hills Have Eyes 2. Yes. Pretty Notoriously bad. bad film. Yes, it is. Oh, I may be thinking of a different film. Never mind. Ignore that. <laughs> okay. No, no. <laughs> Tarantino does yeah that was a complete waste of fucking time <laughs> if, if it's fine Tarantino does what any screenwriter any writer would tell you never to do what's that he has a flashback and a flashback oh <laughs> I didn't even notice till the second time I watched the film it's like son of a bitch that was a flashback and a flashback it's like, you can't this, do that what is this raising cane <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. You know why I thought of Hills Have Eyes too? Because the dog had a flashback. That's what the oh, I was confused. <laughs> the dog. Yeah. I like the dog. I remember. I like that I interaction with Brad plays. Pitt. What I said, I like the, oh, the dog. dog yeah, that was good. I, I like the interaction with Brad Pitt when he's feeding her. It it shows his character, and it shows. I mean, it's like every little thing's done on purpose. Like like. like if you're not paying attention, you may not realize that the reason you're watching his feeding ritual with the dog is so that you kind of explain subconsciously that the dog is trained. So when he attacks him because he clicks the teeth twice, 
you you know you you know there's a reason for it. Exactly, exactly. I was waiting yeah, for that. Got, like, oh, the gee, entire it? it's subtly set up. It's not exposition. I was it, you know everything um, that happens is for a reason. I was waiting for that the entire that, film. The entire film yeah. after that scene when he feeds his dog when he feeds her the mm-hmm. uh, the whole discipline thing. I'm like, I, I was like, there's no way Tarantino puts this in the film because it's not going to come up later somehow. Like something's going to involve this dog. The dog is involved in the film a little too much. Not so much that it overtakes it, but it's definitely mm-hmm. to the point of where this dog. Uh, she is going to have something, and of course, it's the end of the film. I mean, it's it's Chekhov's gun is is usually taken literally as a gun, but what it really comes down to is the whole idea as, as a writer. If you're introducing something at an earlier stage in the in your story, you are preparing for that to be, come up again. Right. Right. Like the cigarette. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the minute that comes up, it's like, I think we'll hear about this in the third act, don't you? <laughs> you know, but but again, it's, that's not bad writing. It's just typical. That's you know, when you're paying attention, right. you know this stuff's there for a reason. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. What was I gonna say, Joey? Uh, well, we were talking about everything being done for a reason. Dirty feet. Snoring. Yeah, I was going to take a side step. People sleeping. I'm to remember what I was. People sleeping. I was going to jump right off the train and people, say something. People sleeping and snoring. No, no, it's something about the filmmaking. Hmm. Tarantino doing stuff on purpose. Well, go on. What what else you got about the film? I'll I'll remember. Well, you know they. Uh, again, you know the one of the main plots of the film is DiCaprio's decline, and. Uh, they do they and do, rise, huh? Decline and rise. It's true. He ends up doing those Italian films, <laughs> which is only a short period of time. But the rise comes near the end of the movie. Um, yeah, but they have this side story about Manson and his uh, his harem of women. That oh, are, yeah, that's right. Manson was in this. Yeah, well, I mean, you see him for like ten seconds. You know, they show him in the trailer, and I mean, I'm not disappointed in any way, but the, it kind of made me thought think that he was going to be in it a little bit more. But he was just kind of mentioned in passing. You saw him uh, walking in their neighborhood, and then that was it. You didn't really see him again. But what you did see was the. Um, basically his cult and where they lived and how they were you know operating and um it was it was pretty it was really well done uh, and uh what's her face um the girl the one that brad pitt uh picks up oh the hitchhiker yeah that's um that's andy mcdowell's daughter yeah that's andy mcdowell's daughter and her name is is it Joanne Qualley? Margaret Qualley. Margaret Qualley. Um yeah. who's I like her. She's got uh she she was in a um a couple of other things and she's just like kind of starting to make movies. Mm-hmm. Um so oh and uh, Uma Thurman's daughter is in this too briefly which I I don't know if 
she, her daughter, Uma Thurman's daughter, looks not only looks al- like almost identical to Uma Thurman, but her voice sounds just like Uma Thurman. Like the inflection in her voice, it's it's almost identical. It's it's almost creepy. It's fucking crazy. Uh, so anyway, hmm. you you see that that cult, that little village uh, of people with Manson's uh, his 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 followers and including squeaky from <laughs> yeah i love dakota fanning as squeaky from i think she nails it <laughs> i'm sorry well we talked about her last last episode where it's like as a kid i didn't really like her as an actress but as an adult she's much better <laughs> at least for me yeah well, um yeah, now that she's grown up, she's much more mature. <laughs> is it the terrorist? No, it's not the terrorist. Stop it now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Harley Quinn Smith. Oh. oh, Harley Quinn Smith is in the movie? That's Kevin Smith's daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Harley Quinn. Yeah, that. Right. She plays Froggy. Yeah, she's probably, probably one of the. She's froggy. She's one of the uh, one of the girls, Manson girls. Yeah, I didn't even notice her, yeah. to be honest. I knew I, I wouldn't either. I knew I the guy, the guy at the end of the film, and also the guy riding the horse. Um, he was in uh, that Kevin Smith film um, uh, with the oh, fuck. What was it called? Uh, Yoga hosers. <laughs> oh, that yeah, I've heard. And of course, you know, he's a Kevin Smith guy now. So, and Kevin Smith and Tarantino are actually friends. They're good friends. So I'm sure he's like. Oh, the fanboys, yeah. You know, I'm sure he threw a couple of actors Tarantino's way. It's like, hey, she was this guy. He's good. I like him. Oh, I. How about my daughter? Can you put her in your movie too? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You still there? I'm here. I am here. Oh, the heat turned off. Um,. I can. I just imagined myself at a bar, sitting between Kevin Smith and Tarantino. Tarantino, and I feel like the first half hour would be excellent, <laughs> and then like somewhere around the third hour, I'd want to kill both of them, <laughs> and they'd probably hate me too. I mean, it's mutual. <laughs> just, just, just uh, two mega fanboys just unleashed. Well, that's I, I why can't. you'd have to bring me Even along. I have You'd have to bring me along to help out, because <laughs> be, I, I would have to interject, and uh, I, I think I could I could salvage it. I think we could go three hours and walk away and want to do it again. Now I'm going to say that the only reason this was nominated for Best Picture is because it's a it's a um, love letter to Hollywood. Oh, for sure, and and, and I'll I, even say. Something about the film bothered me a little bit. Not, not it's like the pacing and stuff. I was like, you know, the pacing feels like a different type of Tarantino film that I'm used to, and I couldn't put my finger on it at first. But right. Tarantino has two kinds of films. He has films that are layered, that are really layered, and they go, you know, multi back forth sideways. And then he has straight narrative. But then he does this thing where he'll have a it's a straight narrative, but with layers. The first, the first like act two acts. The whole thing is basically, I told you that story to tell you this one. 
Yeah, uh, uh, what was the other one? He, uh, Hateful Eight, I think, yeah. was like that. Hateful Eight, Death Proof, they're all like that. Here's yeah. the, the the first two acts. Now, technically, it's all the first two acts are a set of the third act. That's just the way it flows. But like the first act, two acts, the first act of the first two acts are a self-contained story just to give you enough information for the second story to make sense. Uh, yeah. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. No. But for some reason, I think of the film a little bit beneath some of his other stuff because of that. Yeah. Uh, and again, I think you're right. It's nominated for Best Picture because it's a love letter. Does it win? I don't think so. Because no. I think what they'll do is Tarantino keeps talking about making a 10th and final film and then quitting. Unless it just isn't very good, I think they give him best picture on that film, on his 10th and final mm -hmm. movie. I mean, unless he fucking does Star Trek like he's been threatening, then he I don't think he wins best picture for that. But uh, uh, I don't know what his 10th and final film is going to be. Could it be Kill Bill 3? I don't think he's going to want to end his career on making Kill Bill 3. I think he would write Kill Bill 3 and someone and trust someone else to direct it. I think he'd do that. Hmm. But I also don't think this is going to be... Or he's going to make a 10th and final film. I think he's going to make a 10th film and take a really long break. Like, we might not see another Tarantino film for like five, seven years. And then he'll come back yeah. and make an, make an 11th film. I really do. I really don't think he's he's going to end at 10. I just don't. And I, I mean, no. I don't want to say he has an ego and, you know, he'll write stuff and then he'll not want anyone else to direct it. I don't think that's what it is at all. I think he's just going to miss making movies and he's going to just make more movies. I just think that's what he'll do. Mm -hmm. I really do. I know. Um, I agree. Um, I, I think so, it's fair. Now, as far, again, as, now as... As far as the nominee, nomin, uh, the categories that this film's nominated for, How best many? picture again. I just, I think it's a, a a great film. I like it, but as far as a best picture film, I feel like this any kind of cinematic flourishes to it are all, all nods to Hollywood, nods to film. Yeah, and I just feel like that's a cheap sell. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. if you, I. I gotta be honest. I enjoy. I even though, as much as I enjoyed this movie, I want to say I enjoyed the Hateful Eight more. I thought. I thought that uh, that was a better film. A better, better, different kind of film. I would say. But where I'm going with what I'm saying is that was not nominated for Best Picture. No. It was one of but those it was years where Best Screenplay. Yes, it was. But it was one of those years where. It wasn't nominated for Best Picture. It was nominated for Best Screenplay because it, the film was acted, uh, paced, and it moved like a stage play. And mm -hmm. it could be adapted into a stage play easily. That's, I, where he does, that's what he does next. He starts doing musicals. Yeah. <laughs> Tarantino's Cats. Oh, that'd be, I'd watch that. I'd actually see that. Why not? Now, as far as winning original screenplay category? No. Well, what... what? Okay, so what? what is its competition? Knives Out, Marriage Story, 1917, and Parasite. I think it goes to Parasite. 
I'm, I, I'm feeling. Have you seen Parasite yet? I haven't yet, but it, I just feel that there is just too much hype about that it's, film. It's deserved hype. I think that wins. Uh, at the moment, I, I haven't seen Marriage Story of 1917, but I like the other three. I enjoyed all three films. I think Parasite edges out the others. Okay. Okay. That's me. Now, what I, else we got? Production I'm design. Ju- I'm just spitballing, but yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, Parasite, there's a lot of hype around it. I just think from what I've read and what I've uh, seen, the movie is so well made that it's just, it, it's probably a lock. Uh, how many nominations total did it get? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Wow. Yeah, so uh, Best Actor and Supporting Actor, I don't see either. No. Well, no, I think Brad Pitt will win Best Supporting. I disagree. As of right now, if I had a ballot in front of me and it was uh, our live telecast, I would be putting my money on Brad Pitt. Just Uh, because, again, he's never won. He's been nominated, but he's never won. And, And I can't even say he's overdue because I think he's only been nominated one other time or twice. Like Legends of the Fall. Legends of the Fall, and I think that... And was it Legends of the Fall and A River Runs Through It? And that was it? I think so. I think that's it. I think so. Um. So, yeah, I think that was it for him. So, you can't say that he's long overdue, but I think they're treating it that way. What about Directing. Tarantino for best director. Um, what is? Uh, let's see who's not Parasite, right? Joker, The Irishman, and 1917. I think, I think it. To be honest, if I was a betting man, I'm saying Parasite or possibly Joker gets best director. I, from what I've seen so far, I I just don't see Tarantino getting best director. No. Again, not against him. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be nominated. I, I'm saying it's, it's not the best film out of that bunch. Has he ever won Best Director? I know he's been nominated a few times. I don't. I don't think so. I could be wrong. Let me look real quick. I don't believe he's ever won. He's won Best Original Screenplay twice. Pulp Fiction and Glorious and in Glorious Bastards. That I believe sounds, so. That sounds right. Tarantino. Production design, I can never guess that, but I, I would I would lean more towards like a war film getting that. Let's see, Oscars. Uh, yeah, probably. Um, he was best director nominee for Pulp Fiction. Um, wow, he's only been nominated for Best Director one other time, and that was Pulp Fiction. So it was Pulp Fiction and this. That's the only time he's ever been nominated for Best Director. So, and to be Let honest, say this. he probably should have won for Pulp Fiction and Best Picture that year, too. Yeah, that's, and I, I think that's, that's... I think in hindsight, it's. I think everybody acknowledges well, that. Well, I bring it up. I wrote um, that article of films that didn't win Best Picture that should have, and that's one of the films on my list. Yeah, I, I mean, believe it. Forrest Gump over Pulp Fiction in '94? Are you fucking Definitely. kidding? I mean, Forrest Gump doesn't hold up like it like Pulp Fiction does. That that's, that's mm. fact. 
I mean, just try and and uh, disagree. It just it just doesn't. It just <laughs> I dare you. I does it does not hold up like Pulp Fiction does. Let me at the moment. Let me just make a quick prediction that if Tarantino gets Best Director, if he does, uh-huh. he's definitely not getting Best Picture. No, they will split that category faster than you could say yeah. split category. There is no fucking no way, way. He sweeps that. No way. No. Unless they and just want to get design, sound mixing, and sound editing. Okay. Unless they just want to get giving him best director picture out of the way, not waiting until a tenth and potentially <laughs> final film. She's like, we don't know what this tenth and final film is, and we don't know if he's totally serious. But if he is, we're just gonna give him best best director and best picture, so we don't have to fucking hear about it anymore. Well. Uh- and watch, uh, his 10th and final film is the fucking epic masterpiece that uh, is, that he's been uh, trying to make forever. Although, he has two probably perfect films or near-perfect films, and that's Pulp Fiction and Inglorious Bastards. I, I don't think he's made two better films in his entire career. I really do. Inglorious Bastards is that fucking good. And Pulp Fiction is that I, I, I fucking I, good. I think I think two different types of films, but yeah, I agree. I think we even talked about that when we reviewed it, you know, uh, years and years and years ago uh, when we did the Oscar show, is that Inglorious Bastards is one of those films where, and I, th- I vaguely remember us talking about this, it's basically a foreign film. It's the uh, More than half of that film is in subtitles. And the mm-hmm. opening of the film is the first 15 to 20 minutes of the film is all subtitles. And it's fucking excellent. It's the, I'm going to probably watch the first 15, 20 minutes of that movie after we're done with this show now. Because it's in my head. So, um, so as far as uh, moving on with any plot structure or uh, and whatnot, are we spoiling this ending do we are we going to dance no. around it i mean we, any, any, i don't we, think we're we only should. spoiling it as much as like the trailer or people talking about it does but we're not giving away the like the actual details of the ending okay good just you know revisionist history you know something different happens yeah and, um, it's, and it's really well done it's really well done and i really enjoyed I, it the the it's it's a it's a great movie i i enjoyed it immensely yeah um, it's, um, one, it's one of his longer films, um, two hours and 41 minutes. I think Hateful Eight was only longer by about 10 minutes. Um, but yeah, uh, I, without giving anything away, um, anything else to say about this? Um... Squeaky from. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's great. Tell me when he gets close to the door. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right um, fine. Just tell me when he yeah, gets close. I'd... And now, uh, rating on IMDb. Oh, that's right. We are still doing a podcast about movies. Um, it's currently it's currently on seven point eight. Seven point eight on three hundred and thirty-four thousand votes. Um, I think I'd go a solid eight on this. What about a nine? Ooh. Why not a nine? 
I'm not, not suggesting ten. Nine is nine? nine is near perfect. Right. Well, so so ten ten would be ten, ten is, would be Inglorious Bastards. Nine would be Pulp Fiction. No. Or would ten be Pulp Fiction? No, ten is Pulp Fiction. Inglorious Bastards. Prob. You know what? I might go ten on both of those movies. I really. Yeah, they, I, I would. I would agree. Yeah. So it's like Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight's like a, a like a solid eight. And Jackie Brown is a seven. Like, you know what I mean? Um, Reservoir Dogs, go nine. This film, I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, no, maybe, I, I'm, maybe, I'm, I'm almost with you. I think eight's good. Maybe. Uh, then you're almost making me, talking me into a nine. But I, no, I, no, a, nine, you know a nine is like really, it's like, it's like I might go nine on Joker. Like when we finally review that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I the the films it, it's got it's got meaning to it, but it's it's not as deep as it wants to be. I'm I'm with you on the eight. Yeah, it, I think I mean eight is, is still eight is great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nine is we're talking masterpiece area for a nine. You're yeah, get, you're getting into that no, area. You're right. So, uh, as good as this is, I don't. I just I'm not, I don't feel a nine on it. Okay. I might be able to be talked into a nine uh, if we were no. going to go longer on this episode, but no. <laughs> but eight it is. All right. So Fair I enough. have no idea what movies we're reviewing next week, but I believe we're going to be Me doing either. three of them. I think we're yeah I know we're gonna we're gonna have to stick to the thirty minute rule or else we're not gonna be able to do it. We're already no, we're already forty forty two minutes in. By the time it's over, it's right, another yeah. forty five minute episode. We gotta stick to the thirty minute rule. We gotta give ourselves some guidelines. I think. All right. Yeah, we'll work on that next weekend. We'll have a structured show. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> we're we're gonna do three episodes and we're gonna record for two and a half hours. That's just what's gonna happen. Just expect. No, no, it. no. We're gonna have a structured episode next episode. I, I'm gonna try. I'm, sa- I'm saying it. Oh yeah, I'm gonna try yeah. my hardest to uh, to keep us in check and do 30 minutes, but we'll see. I'll give us some structure. All right, all right. Let's go ahead and end this shit. Okay. Because I'm tired. All right, everybody. Uh, I'm gonna keep these short and sweet. I'm not gonna bookend this shit the way I normally do. So just go to our website at moviesucktastic.com. You can leave us voicemail at 908-514-4470. If you want to email us, it's themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. You can download our Android app for your Android device, phone, tablet, whatever you're using. As long as it's Android, it will work, and it's 100% free. Uh, Facebook.com slash moviesucktastic. Tumblr, it's all in there. It's 100% free. Mr. Wilson, any words of wisdom before we depart? <laughs> I was gonna do a Bruce Lee, but I knew I'd fuck it up. So oh. no. <laughs> so Scott, so Scott's words of Bruce wisdom That's a- is don't embarrass yourself and do a Bruce Lee. That guy, by the way, was Total pretty good concentration. Too. Oh no! <laughs> That's a movie quote. Yes, it is. You will miss okay. all the heavenly glory. <laughs> oh my God. Uh that guy that did Bruce Lee was pretty good too. 
Yeah. Now, from the from his face forward, doesn't look too much like Bruce Lee. Close enough. Side profile, I thought they were CGIing shit in, like doing that deep fake stuff. Mm-hmm. But they weren't. It's just his side profile. It's pretty good. I do like mm-hmm. the uh, the scene with Brad Pitt, like that whole thing, that transition. I did enjoy that. Yeah. Um, even though we did well, that's talk Tarantino, about that's yeah. Tarantino dialogue that you know that's oh, right yeah. there, and I just love. He's like, "Yep, that's about how that would have went." <laughs> oh, well, and away we go! <laughs> All right, everybody, we'll talk to you next week when we review three. Dear God, three movies in a night, so that we can get all nine of these before we do our live telecast. For the Oscars on February 6th, which is a Sunday night. Kill me. Uh, 8 o'clock. We'll make sure that the live feed is working and you can tune in and you can watch how they cancel our live feed after seven minutes. <laughs> but we'll have a recorded audio uh, of the show for the uh, for iTunes and whatnot. All right, everybody. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.